You are listening to the Savvy Painter Podcast, episode number 292. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Savvy Painter Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about massive action and what that means and what it does not mean. So as you are, I'm sure are aware, the results that you have currently in your art practice directly come from the actions that you have taken. And when you want to create something with your art practice, when you want to do things like create a particular painting, work on a series, or start to get your work out in front of people so that they can buy it, a lot of times we get a little stuck there because we think that there is a right way to do it. And so in this episode, we are going to talk about that. And we are going to talk about ways to sort of get you into the cycle of taking repeated actions so that you get to your goals much faster than maybe you have been. And there is less stress in you getting there. Like you could actually have fun doing it. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of the Savvy Painter Podcast. Before we do that, though, I want to give a quick shout out to Shalika for leaving a review on iTunes. Just want to let you know, like, I see you and thank you so much. Shalika says, it's as if she peeked into my soul. Artists are awe hunters. This episode truly opened my eyes to how I view my experiences as ordinary and somehow neglect to include them in my art. As a mother who has to keep it together, I find myself scattered when it comes to my art. This reminded me to loosen up and remain centered. Thank you so much, Shalika, for taking the time to leave that review. And of course, Shalika is talking about episode number 285 of the podcast, Our Capacity for Awe. I think that is one of the most important things that we do as artists. We remind people that there are moments of awe in this world. So super appreciate you, Shalika. Thank you so much for leaving a review on iTunes that helps the podcast so much and helps me know what is resonating with you. I had an amazing session yesterday with my growth studio members. One of the things that I love is we do... We always meet twice a week, sometimes more, and we have a critique once a week and we have coaching sessions where we talk about mindset issues and I help artists with whatever mindset issues are coming up with their art, how to have more self-confidence, how to be more present and more engaged with themselves and their art and how to show up with the idea that no matter what happens in the studio, we are always worthy of being there and that we always, always have our own back. And yesterday was a critique session. And what is kind of fun about these critique sessions is sometimes people show up and they have a specific piece of work that they need help on. And when that they send in, they email me their work and we go over it and talk about it. And sometimes we have space in the call to just take a look at existing art. And that's what we did yesterday. It was so much fun because we got to just really dive deep on a Georgia O'Keeffe image and how it relates to a lot of the things that we were talking about. And I think what is so wonderful about these sessions is that the artists get very specific help on their own work. 
And then if they want to, they can also bring a historical piece or a piece that they are thinking about based on something that I taught them before. Like we recently, I recently gave a lesson on values. And so we just really picked apart this Georgia O'Keeffe image and talked about how the values were contributing to what we were seeing and how they were guiding our eyes through. And we also got to play around with, well, what would happen if she had done the values differently and really dug into how different and an amazing piece of art would be if the value structure was different and how that applies to our own work. So that's some of the things that we get to do in Growth Studio. It is so much fun. And those sessions are the highlight of my day. So I want to invite you, for those of you who are thinking about joining Growth Studio, if now is the time that you feel called to join this amazing community and get the help that you need with your art, there is always room for you. And we would love to have you. You can join us by going to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join. And of course, if you're listening to this later and the doors are not open, you can sign up for the waitlist and you will be the first to know once we open it up again. Okay, so this episode of the podcast was recorded live in the Savvy Painter community, so you might hear a slight shift in the audio, but what I'm about to share with you is gold. This whole idea is super, super powerful. So... Hi, I wanted to talk to you today about this idea of taking lots and lots of action until you get the results of what you want and why it matters so much. So I've noticed, and I also experience this sometimes where artists will think things like, I'm doing everything I can, or I don't know what I need to do, or I'm not sure what I need to do next. I feel like I keep spinning in circles. I'm trying and trying and trying. And I really don't know what I need to do in order to get the results that I want in my studio. That can be things like the painting that's on your easel. It can be the series of paintings that you're working on. It might be your art practice in general submitting work to a gallery, whatever it is that you're working on that you're trying to do. A lot of times there's this idea of, I don't know what I need to do. And the problem with this thought is not only that it leaves us in this sort of really helpless state, the problem is that often beneath the thought, there is this idea that there is a right way to do things. When you're thinking things like, I don't know what I need to do, it's not like you have no ideas at all. That's what I found is usually the case. When I talk with students in Growth Studio, when I talk with artists that I work with one-on-one, it's not like they don't have any ideas at all. It's not like they can't think of things that they could do. The underlying issue most often is that there's an idea that they want to pick the thing to do. And I think this is a little trick that our mind plays, which delays us from taking any action at all. When the underlying belief is that there is a right way, how we typically understand that is that there is a correct way to proceed. 
a way that will get us wherever it is that we want to go, a way that will get us there faster or more efficiently or without any criticism or without any judgment from other people. There is a particular way that if you do things that way, then everything lines up and it's all puppies and unicorns. And I think that there is also this, yes, there could be other ways, but there is this one way that just happens to be better than all the rest of them. And the problem with that is when we believe that, it also means that there is a way to do things that is better than all of the other possibilities. And that means that there are lots of ways that are not the best way. Okay. So I'm really breaking it down, like really making it simplified because like I'm kind of over explaining it because our brains love to have this like really black and white thinking. And so we make that mean that there is one right way to do things. And if that's true, and we have all these different ideas, if there's one way to do things, there's also like a hundred other ways that we could totally screw things up. And that concept, that underlying belief is why we often freeze or don't want to make a decision or delay or procrastinate on something that on the surface we think is a really good idea or on the surface we really, really want. So if you want to be, if you take that idea and you want to be even more dramatic about it, which is something that our brains love to do, there's one brilliant move that you can make, one spectacular way to do it, but there are a hundred ways that you can totally, completely, irrevocably screw it up forever and ever. Amen. In reality, though, (laughs) that's what our brain likes to tell us, right? In reality, though, there's 101 different ways for you to move forward with your art. There are 101 different ways for you to price your work. There are 101 different ways for you to write your bio or submit your work to that gallery. And any one of those options will move you forward. Taking any of those options is infinitely better than staying stuck, even if taking that action does not result in getting exactly what you want. Taking that action, even if there is another way that somebody else arguably could say that it's going to be faster or easier or different, it's still better to take that action rather take whatever action that you choose rather than spinning in trying to figure out from a hundred different ways that you could do things, which one is the best. Deciding and then taking the action is what moves you forward. And the better and faster you get at making that decision, whatever it is, deciding and then acting, deciding and committing to it, the better and faster you get at doing that, the more progress you will make much faster and with much more ease than trying to find the quote-unquote right way. The better and faster you get at making a decision and then taking the action, the farther you will go. Even if some of the decisions that you make and the actions that you take result in a rejection, even if some of the decisions that you make and then the actions that you take 
result in a painting not looking exactly the way that you want it to, even if you don't get as many sales as you intended. What matters is taking massive action. Massive action is simply taking your next best step repeatedly until you get what you want. And what is the next best step? The next best step is any step that moves you forward. Any step that you decide to take with the knowledge that you currently have. And once you take that step, then you will have more knowledge with which to inform your next best step, right? Massive action does not mean that you will know ahead of time what every single step is. Massive action does not mean that you will know ahead of time which of the steps that you will take in order to get to your desired goal is the most pivotal. You don't need a crystal ball in order to take massive action. But that's what our brain tells us we need. It tells us, I need to know ahead of time how this is going to go. I need to know ahead of time what the most important steps are. And also, I need to know ahead of time that this is all going to work. Those are the thoughts, either implicitly or explicitly, that we have that keep us stuck and keep us just spinning. You don't need to know all of the steps ahead of time, even if your brain tells you it does. You don't need to know every single step you will take for the next year, the next six months, the next three months, or even the week. I mean, I don't even know for sure what steps I'm going to take in the next day or even in the next hour. I just know where I want to go. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I trust myself that I will continue to take massive action until I get there. Massive action relies on self-confidence. The self-confidence that you are able to decide, you are able to take action, you are able to assess And then you're able to decide again what the following step will be. You just do that over and over and over again. Massive action means progress, not perfection. In order to take massive action consistently, though, you must be willing to let go of the idea that you are doing it right all of the time or even most of the time. That thought will keep you stagnant. That thought will keep you stuck. That thought will keep you overthinking and overwhelmed. So massive action requires an almost daily recommittal, an almost daily recommitment to whatever it is, this goal that you are trying to achieve. Every single day, it requires an accounting of yourself to yourself of why you are doing what it is that you're doing. So why are you working on this painting? Why are you wanting to get into that gallery? What is the reason behind your goal that keeps you willing to take massive action? Why does this goal even matter to you in the first place? These are the questions if you're asking yourself consistently or you're asking yourself when you're getting stuck, you're able to recommit to the idea that, yes, I'm willing to keep taking action on this until I get what I want. Who will you be once you have achieved this? So when you have a long-term goal, when you have a goal that your brain is telling you is really difficult or that might include some rejection, it might include some failure, it might include something else, you have to have a reason for 
experiencing all of that that will get you through that inevitable thing that is going to happen. Massive action is dependent on you being willing to suffer disappointment, to be frustrated, to have those feelings that inevitably come when you try your best and you still don't get the result that you want. That is the critical moment in your journey. What happens when something like that happens? What happens when you've spent two weeks on a painting and you have made the decision to prioritize this painting and you have decided not to do other things? You have decided not to do something else that might be more fun. You've said no to people that are important to your life. You spent two weeks on this painting and it doesn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. That is the critical moment. That is the moment where you get to decide, what am I going to make that mean? How do I show up for myself when I have just put two weeks into this, three weeks into this, six months into this, and I gave it everything I have, and I didn't get what I want. That is a critical moment for you to make a decision about who you want to be for yourself in that moment. You must be willing to experience that feeling of disappointment, of frustration, of discouragement, and not make it mean that you should give up and not make it mean anything bad about yourself and not make it mean that you made a wrong choice, that you're incapable, that you can't do it. All it means is that action that you took didn't get the result that you want, period. And you will have feelings about it. And so your challenge then at that moment is you must be willing to allow those feelings to just be there and to sit with them and understand that Yes, this is the part of my journey that is uncomfortable. It's not all going to be rainbows and ponies. There will be times when I am frustrated, I am disappointed, I am feeling bad because I think that I'm making this rejection letter that I just got mean something about myself. Or I'm just disappointed because I spent that much time working towards this goal and I didn't get it. Those are the moments that it's most important, I think, in those moments to be loving and kind to yourself and also remember and think about why it is that you're choosing to do this and to recommit to the thing that you want most and give yourself the love that you need in that moment. Allow yourself to feel whatever it is that comes up without weaponizing that feeling. And by weaponizing it, I mean, beating yourself up for being disappointed or not kind of like acknowledging that this is how I feel. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. I think this sucks, or I think I should have gotten it when I didn't. Any of those thoughts at that moment, you get to decide, I'm going to just let myself feel that and acknowledge that that is there. And now what? As opposed to what often happens is we resist those emotions. Our brain likes to tell us that I don't want to feel frustrated. I don't want to feel rejected. I don't want to feel disappointed. And our brain is going to tell us that those feelings 
are so terrible that we must do anything to avoid them. And so we will often resist it. And what happens is when we resist all that, what we're really doing, I like to think of it as like when somebody's like trying to get into a door and you're pushing the door closed. If you push the door closed, they're just going to push harder on the door. So when you're resisting your emotions, your emotions, they're not going to go away. They're just going to get stronger. So the resistance is us trying to say that I should not have to feel disappointed or I shouldn't have to feel frustrated or I don't want to feel rejected or I don't want to feel this. And it's kind of like saying that that this is not how it should be, except it is that way. We do feel disappointed when things don't turn out the way that we want them to. And when you are taking massive action towards your goal, when you are committed you have to be willing to sit with those emotions with all of them, with all the good ones and all the bad ones that come up. You have to be willing to allow yourself to experience the uncomfortable emotions that come up when you're trying to push yourself and achieve something that you've never achieved before. Because of course, you are not going to nail it 100% of the time. That's what your brain's going to tell you. Like either you have to like do it right all the time, or something has gone wrong, or you're failing, or that when you do fail, that that feeling that you will experience is just intolerable. The very feelings that you don't want to feel, the unwillingness to feel the emotions that you don't want to feel, that is what stands between you and your goal. The unwillingness to feel that emotion is what causes us to procrastinate, to not want to do the work, to come up with 100, 200 ways that we could possibly do something and then tell ourselves that there's only one correct way. And so we spin and spin and spin. It is another way of just avoiding taking the massive action rather than making the decision, taking action, moving forward, assessing allowing yourself to feel whatever you feel if your assessment is that's not the result I wanted. And then, okay, what's my next best step? What do I want to do next? What do I think of the 100, 100, 200, 500 options that I have? I'm going to pick that one and I'm just going to keep moving forward. And I am willing to experience whatever comes up. I'm willing to experience that feeling of, oh, if I'd done it this other way, it would have been faster. That is a thought that you could possibly have after having taken an action. Are you willing to feel that? Or are you going to sit and try to figure it all out in your head and not take any action because you want to figure that out without having done anything? Right? It kind of doesn't make sense. It's a weird trick that our brain plays on us. But that is basically what is happening is we don't want to feel an emotion. So we try very, very hard to avoid it. But if we're willing to feel an emotion, if we're willing to feel any emotion and we don't make it mean anything, then you'll stay in massive action and you will get so much farther, so much faster than trying to figure it out on your own in your head. So it's not... The thing about those emotions, those negative emotions that we have is it's not the emotion itself. That is the problem. It is our unwillingness to feel the emotion. That unwillingness is what is in the way of you getting to where you want. 
your unwillingness to feel disappointment, frustration, discouragement, rejection, defeat, powerlessness, failure, doubt, even some of the more most often thought of as positive emotions like abundance, success, powerful. It's interesting. Some people sometimes just are not comfortable feeling powerful because they think for some reason they don't deserve it. Feeling responsible, accountable. Those are feelings that often people are unwilling to feel, which causes them to not take action towards their goal. So they resist it and they keep pushing against it. The truth is we are far more resilient than our brains tell us we are. And the truth is you will never, ever, ever get it right 100% of the time, even if your brain tells you that it's critical that you do. And the truth is that you can experience uncomfortable feelings and you're not going to die. Even if your brain tells you you're going to die, you can even experience painful things because you are resilient, even though your brain likes to tell you either implicitly or explicitly that you will die of embarrassment if you get it wrong. You won't. You can't die from a feeling no matter what your brain tells you. So those are some of the thoughts that I had for you today. This idea of taking massive action, just continually building that skill of deciding what your next best step is, taking that step and then assessing it and deciding again. The next best step is not the perfect step. It's not a step that is written on a scroll somewhere in the Bible of arts. <laughs> it is the next step for you personally that will move you further in the direction of where you want to go. And allowing yourself to feel all the feelings that come up when you don't get what you wanted, what you intended, allowing yourself to feel all those feelings, understanding that that is completely normal. That's how we are built and it's nothing to be afraid of. And the ability to feel those emotions is exactly what you need in order to keep yourself moving and to keep yourself from stalling out. Okay, friends, that is what I have for you today. So if this is something that you want help with, I can help you. Join us in Growth Studio. This is what we do. Every single week, we have a critique. We have coaching sessions. Often, I give extra teachings during the week. So it is an amazing place to be with an amazing group of artists. And that is available to you now. Just go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join and we will see you inside. Wherever you are with your art, I hope you have an amazing week, an amazing painting session if that's what you're doing right now. And I will see you next week.